Hello, welcome back to episode three of season three of Crescent Moon Kids podcast. I was thinking about spring and how it's such a lovely time of year and spring is upon us here in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, Maybe you're with me or if not, um, you may be dreaming of spring elsewhere in the Southern Hemisphere. But my thoughts always turn to the joy that we find in nature and how we often spend more time outside. We might be gardening, we might be hiking, we might be biking, or just in general enjoying outside time. And both kids and adults spend more time outside, and everyone can benefit because we will be getting extra energy, emotion, extra exercise, and that is the topic of my podcast today, connecting life skills and motor skills with academic success and cognitive um, abilities. And you've probably heard or read that spending time in nature does wonders for the body, the mind, and the spirit, and it's actually no longer just a fleeting thought. Scientists now have actually studied this phenomenon and people all over the world are recognizing the powerful benefits that spending time moving through nature has to offer. So while scientists study and researchers research, I personally have been busy observing children and their academic progress, their cognitive abilities, as it relates to their development over the course of now my almost three decades in the classroom. And in fact, movement and cognition was the focus of one of my papers that I did for um, my graduate program. As a side note, you can find a PowerPoint video on my website, crescentmoonkids.com, and that sort of sums up uh, this whole concept of how movement is essential for the cognitive development in children. And I also devoted an episode on the subject back, I think it was season one, but because this is such an important subject, I wanted to revisit it now again and to maybe help anybody who might be new to the podcast how important this is to have children be moving. And simply being outside calls the body for a large motor exercise. But how, however, children's learning is not limited by time or space. They need continuous motion to gain the best and most effective integration of their academic skills. So while we know that learning practical skills helps young children gain order, coordination, concentration, and independence, it's also been confirmed that movement during the acquisition of knowledge will help integrate information in the brain. And many of you know I'm a Montessorian, and Dr. Montessori observed this over a century ago, and now scientists are affirming this um, phenomenon, what she actually observed without really understanding the brain, that children must move in order to learn and that purposeful movement creates an optimal learning experience. So I wanted to share some of the ideas from my research and some of the ideas from observations that I've made. Children all over the world who experience learning in an environment which allows for movement have an opportunity to connect their bodies with the content. 
it merges within the prefrontal cortex. And this area of the brain makes up close to 20% of the human brain, and it's where higher order thinking and executive function take place. And if you've not heard the term executive function, it's a, a term that has become um, pretty familiar in, in recent years, and it really is about how the, the brain can um, order and assimilate and to really sort of have some output so that there is a lot of, of um, cognitive ability and let's say it's in within a workplace or just in, in general for a student possibly. Um, the prefrontal cortex learns and processes motor and mental functions in parallel. So this is why it's so critical because both the the movement and the the mental cognitive capacity are are taking place within the prefrontal cortex and so they're very much aligned. Um, if, if you are familiar with brain gym, people who practice that, um, it's called brain gym. Those people understand how the brain coordinates with the body's motor system. And young children are known to move in ways which help the brain create neural connections, which then ultimately leads to greater cognition. And some re researchers have discovered that in the absence of movement and a concrete experience, such as actually manipulating a toy or or touching things or or scooping or spooning or measuring that the learning that has taken place is lost and has no significance because it's not directly related to a movement that that child made so in addition when kids move they acquire a spatial reference to their environment and that allows for their brain to create a map of their body's relationship to its surroundings. So this is all great stuff. It's fascinating information. And if you're so inclined, please do more research around it. Um, if you're interested in, in exploring on my website, you can find some information and resources, crescentmooncids.com again. And my focus today will be sharing ways you can encourage your kids to get moving, to optimize their learning, whether it's inside or out. So if we could turn our thoughts to the many different ways children can merge movement and learning in their daily lives, both at school and at home. Um, as some of you may know, Montessori classrooms are designed for continuous movement throughout the day. They're known for a flow and hum as students are in motion, gathering, exploring, manipulating, learning from a multitude of materials and, and from other students. And adults who might visit or observe a, a Montessori environment are often totally amazed at the calm and orderly atmosphere. Most people assume when there are several young children in the same room, there's bound to be chaos, right? Well, this can be true, but what we find most often is that when children are presented with ways to move that reflect their need for learning, they assume an amazing level of self-control and self-discipline, and especially over time and with practice. And when they're shown lessons with grace and intention and with care, they tend to repeat the same actions and gradually implement a similar style of being and of, of conducting themselves. So if you are homeschooling your children, you can easily adapt your curriculum to incorporate more ways to involve purposeful movement in your school day. 
If you're a teacher in a traditional setting, I want to really encourage you to consider ways you can incorporate movement throughout your day to help integrate the learning that your children are, are doing. And I, I've read some teachers allow for brain breaks, they call them, to give children opportunities to integrate and incorporate the lesson that, that they've received. So there are many ways to get kids moving. You can use music, you can use poetry, yoga, you can dance, you can sing. So there's so many ways to help incorporate the, the learning that's happening. And whether your children are in an academic setting that allows movement or not, there are many things you can do at home to facilitate their learning. So here's some just some basic ideas, along with some general ages of children, to assimilate lots of motion in their daily life. And so, of course, this is not all-inclusive, as, as always. It's, it's just a, a jump start, hopefully, for you to maybe expand upon your... Um, your activities and to help you incorporate what what I'm talking about. So very, the very young lads and lasses, the babies and the toddlers, they're just starting to get their bodies in motion. They're using all of their senses to discover their immediate world and their surroundings. So there's not a lot you really need to do. You just need to make sure that your home is set up so that they're able to exercise free and safe movement throughout their environment. You can show them how to climb short structures, how to safely back down from them, as well as backing down on stairs so that they can be safe as they're navigating those places. You can offer step stools. You can make or, or purchase a pickler triangle. If you don't know what that is, Google it. It's a really great tool for, for a gross motor movement. You can implement ramps and a balance beam on the floor. You can give them some heavier objects to push or pull, maybe a wagon, a box that has some books in it, or a wooden crate. Kids love to push things, babies and toddlers, and um, once they start to, to walk, they're really needing to have some, some power in that. And outdoor climbing gyms are great, short ladders, a mini trampoline. You can add slides or swings to the equipment that you might already have. So this is, all these things are really good for really little children to build their muscles, to develop some coordination, and they're learning about their environment through all of this movement. And so as they explore, they're tasting, they're smelling, they're touching, they're grasping, they're pushing and pulling, all they really need, again, is a safe place to do these things naturally and safely. And for you to be okay with their exploration um, so that they understand and, and begin to incorporate the idea that it's okay for them to, to be adventurous and to be exploring and that you're not afraid that they're going to get hurt. So for the preschool and school-aged children... All the previously mentioned equipment can be relevant and useful. They are also ready for scooters, balance bikes, hula hoops, balls, bean bags, play scarves and dress up clothes, jump ropes, boxes to cut and decorate. They can have fun with crawling games. So they can you can actually kind of take them back to their infancy because the bilateral motion that happens when a child is crawling is really also great for the brain. 
You can show them how to kick a ball, to throw and catch a ball. They can also practice jumping over objects or between objects. They can hop on one foot. You can encourage skipping and galloping. Um, monkey bars are great for um, helping them to gain strength and mobility. And then also pumping on the swings, which all most children love to do. You can teach them how to do a pencil roll or a forward roll, even if they're not in a gymnastics class. Guiding them as they navigate stairs, ladders, playground equipment that might be taller, longer slides. This is a great way for them to gain a better proprioceptive awareness. And proprioception is the sense in the body that perceives movement based on the spatial orientation. And that comes from within the child's own body. You could also make a maze on the driveway and they can navigate their, their scooter or their tricycle or their bike. Encourage them to build with sticks, um, empty boxes, old lumber. If they have to reach up over their head and really hold something for, for longer than a few seconds, it really builds strength and endurance. Oh, and don't forget, always think about music any way you can, and which really keeps them moving and, and keeps life interesting. I also like to make sure that children can crab walk, that they can bear crawl, maybe frog hop, and even army crawl, which is that kind of motion where their whole body is on the floor and they have to use their, their elbows and their whole being to kind of um, scoot along. These are all great activities for endurance and for strength building, for incorporating the bilateral movement, which again is great for the brain, and for them to just have some general fun. So for an older child, let's say you have a preteen or a teen, get them a slack line or a zip line. You can help them stay interested in, in moving and, and um, being in motion by maybe inviting some of their friends over for, call it Motion Monday or Super Saturday, and get them involved in games that include burpees or jumping jacks. See if they can skip backwards. Do mountain climbing games or in simulated skiing activities games with balloons or cup stacks or, or many, many other ones. And you could always look on Pinterest or uh, another site for some great ideas to, to help these kids get moving. And I hope that these will help your enthusiasm because all it takes is an adult who's willing to facilitate some great activities and the kids will be off and running, pun intended, literally. So giving kids chores also is a great way to help them incorporate learning and movement. Maybe they unload the dishwasher, put the clean dishes where they belong. Maybe they have to um, load the dishwasher. And if they are organizing and sorting and ordering, they are thinking critically about what's happening in the kitchen. They can do the same with the laundry, any other task within the home environment. Cooking is always a great way to give them a chance to move while learning. Spooning, scooping, lifting, measuring, pouring, stirring, pressing, squeezing, cutting, and all of that along with the smells and the sounds and the tactile sensations that of different foods gives children a rich environment to learn about culinary delights and to satisfy their hunger and their nutritional needs and to help them connect the, the um, movement with meeting the needs of their body. So keep in mind that through movement, um, 
there the movement is associated with a particular concept and that allows the brain to to create a, a deeper pathway and to create higher order thinking um, and elementary and middle school kids are also at an age in which they would be most attracted to screens and devices so here's a little side note um, while I don't tell any families they should ditch the screens what I will say is that children who spend a lot of time in front of a screen are not learning in the same way a child who is in motion is gaining information so as I mentioned earlier, movement and cognition are intrinsically linked, and we know this for sure. So the fact that this has been shown repeatedly gives us cause to rethink our use of screens, especially with young children, but, but again, with all children. So if your child is using any type of device, I urge you to restrict the time and then find ways to engage them in activity immediately after they've used the screen or the device to help counteract the effects the screens have on the brain. So I know that's another subject for another time, but there have been many studies showing the drug-like effects on kids who experience excessive screen time. Um, also, I'd like to share with you uh, Dr. Dunkley, uh, Dr. Victoria Dunkley. So she has a website, drdunkley.com, D-U-N-C-K-L-E-Y. She is a psychiatrist, an integrative psychiatrist, and has done a lot of research on children's and screens, and I think you might find that helpful. Again, on my website, crescentmoonkids.com, you can find age-appropriate chores for children listed by age ranges. And this is just a general list of some of the ways kids can participate in the household, but it's, again, not all-inclusive. So the main goal, my main goal for today was to help you understand, first of all, that movement and cognition are intrinsically linked, to help you see the need for your child to be able to have unrestricted movement and um, plenty of movement throughout their day, and then to help you incorporate movement in their daily lives when they're with you. So I hope you enjoyed. Until next time.